You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday, and it is time for mental. You're in just a moment with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. Uh, curiosity, autonomy, all kinds of good stuff. We're continuing in our Mental Health Monday series. Looking forward to it. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin. We're supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Well, the weekend over it's back to the beginning of the the work week and time to get into health monday with deaconess heidi gaming good morning happy monday heidi good morning happy monday to you guys thanks well, it, 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 it's Monday. How about some mindful silence for everyone this morning? That was good. No, that was good. Sarah's in her new home studio, right? I am. Yes, I have. I have a large backyard. I get to look out on now, which is really nice. Are there deer playing in the backyard this morning? There are no deer this morning. However, they do like to uh, come out and play, which is always fun. <laughs> well, that that kind. Leads us into uh, into our topic today, right? Uh, autonomy and curiosity. Is that right, Heidi? Mm-hmm. That is true. I know. I was thinking when Sarah was talking about her backyard, like what in your backyard makes you curious? Like, do you see things when you look out there that are like, oh, you know, and then you stop and reflect on nature and the natural world and God's creation and all that stuff? Or is it just me? Am I the only person who does that when you see something going on outside? No, I totally do that. I've been doing that for the last like months while we've been moving in. (laughs) All of the plants, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know what this is. Let me pull out my phone and figure it out. <laughs> I know, right? So there's like distraction, but there's also just really good, healthy ways we can utilize that for our mental health and just be like, I'm going to take a second here uh, and reflect on the natural world. And we know from research yep. that that is one of the best things you can do for your mental health. And so today we're talking about autonomy and curiosity and that developmental stage, especially um, we see um, in very young children that they are beginning to explore. And with exploration comes either a sense of autonomy, which is, you know, I have a space in this world and I can discover it, that there's a place for curiosity, that curiosity is acceptable, that it's a value we might even have um, as uh, the created beings of God, that we're invited to be curious by him and by those that love us. or we feel a sense of shame in those things. And so you can imagine how this plays out for young children, but then I think we return to it again and again. And that's really part of the series that we're doing on development is being aware that uh, development doesn't end, you know, with each developmental stage. And I don't think Erickson, who created this uh, theory of development that we're following, even intended that uh, to be the way we see it. And so it's really helpful to be able to be like, where are we at in our beliefs and in our uh, ability to have exploration and to have curiosity? And that asking that simple question will build our mental health, being aware of our freedom of exploration and autonomy and curiosity will build our mental health. And that's what we're talking about today, building autonomy and curiosity. And then we'll also talk about a few roadblocks, perhaps, to autonomy and curiosity, although we tend to run out of time. So we'll see how far we get. <laughs> so then what what builds autonomy and curiosity? 
Sure. I think a few uh, things that are really uh, profound that stick out to me is the connection of exploration with safe boundaries. And so this is important. I think uh, we tend to pendulum swing when we talk about things like this and talk about uh, really intense topics like shame. We tend to go one way or the other, especially in a polarized culture like we have currently, we tend to see something that's really black and white. And so it's important to understand that exploration is part of this developmental process. We want to have exploration for small children. We want to have exploration for ourselves as adults. However, Exploration has to exist with safe boundaries. You guys know how important the ands of mental health are for me. Um, and biblically, that's the way God brings these things into our life is that we exist in that and. So we have both exploration and curiosity. We also have safe boundaries. And so that's why we do all of this in early development with loving caregivers, ideally. So you have a fence in your backyard and you're maybe sitting drinking your coffee or talking on the phone while your toddler or preschooler plays uh, in a sandbox. That's a safe boundary, for instance, but there's a lot of exploration to be had there. Same thing um, in a school setting, if you will, that we allow the children to maybe choose their different centers or even choose what they're going to do for a 20 minute segment of time. But there's certain boundaries to that, like you're not allowed to hurt yourself or other people. Uh, you have to use nice words. Um, you may not take over someone else's section just at will. So both those things are really important. It's not like exploration and curiosity exist without boundaries. So this also impacts our faith life, just like all mental health things uh, really intimately impact our faith life. It's very easy to uh, want to enter that idea of exploration, uh, and then we take it too far. You know, we maybe forget God, or we take God out of the picture. Uh, we ignore his word and think that exploration means doing something that is counter to him, and that since he invites exploration, then it's a freedom to sin. These are the kind of things that Paul addressed in the New Testament letters. Uh, we don't believe in that. You know, there needs to be mm -hmm. some safe boundaries. So God did, in fact, give man all of creation. It's a beautiful thing. But he also told them to steward it. That's part of safe boundaries, to take care of it, not to destroy it when we're out there exploring it. And so mental health will be impacted in particular, I believe, when it intersects in those spiritual ways, when we are uh, you know, not aware or not tuning into what God is calling us to for our autonomy, what God is calling us to for ex exploration and curiosity. And even more so as we get older, you know, as adults, we understand the abstract a little different than an 18 month to three year old might. Um, again, they need those uh, caring and loving caregivers to be able to create some of those safe boundaries for them, but also give them the ability to go explore. So when you were little, how, what was something someone who took care of you did to build your curiosity or exploration? Do you remember playtime at your homes or in school or anything when you were little, Andy and Sarah? I think uh, probably the most freedom um, with some boundaries I had to explore and that really just, um, really ignited curiosity was the, the many, uh, hours, many days we spent camping when I was a child, 
um, because I could just play out in the campground, not necessarily deep in the woods, but out in the campground where I was with an earshot of my parents and just explore and uh, so much adventure, you know, when you're out in the, yeah. in, in a wooded area and uh, enjoying creation of just building things out of pine needles and tree sap. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Tree sap and pine needles. You heard it here first, everyone. It's <laughs> basically, you know, what kinds of things burn and what don't burn so well. Yeah. Right. So there were some safeguards, I'm sure, there. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Allowed to have a campfire, but yeah, had to have mm -hmm. water nearby, things right. like that. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. How about you, Sarah? <laughs> um, Can you top my childhood? that? I mean, no, I really I can't, actually. Burning uh, things. <laughs> I was allowed to ride my bike uh, down three houses. That, that's about as crazy as, as it got. Um, but I could explore the neighborhood safely. Uh, you know, I had my boundaries of where I couldn't, couldn't go. Um, and I also, I mean, I got to play with my brothers outside. We would go explore places. We'd play in the park. Um, I think what really ignited my curiosity, though, was actually reading encyclopedias mm -hmm. i was totally mm -hmm. that kid mm -hmm. um i would pull out the national yeah. geographics and encyclopedias and just read about everything for hours mm -hmm. but i mean there's i don't know if there's there's boundaries in that there's probably things no, that i should right. and shouldn't read <laughs> you know that's a good point though i think about that's one thing my parents did for me is there wasn't really things that were off limits to read except you know things that would be sinful or like too mm -hmm. graphic and things like that but at the same time there was even there kind of a wide berth but if if we wanted to dive into things that maybe my parents thought we weren't developmentally ready for or were questionable, we did that together or we at least had check-ins and things like that. And so I remember being very young, picking up those National Geographic mm -hmm. magazines that my dad got and, and there was never any shame. Same thing in Sunday school, for instance, I wanted to go to my parents' adult Bible class at one point and they were like, okay, but you have to then ask questions and participate like a meaningful adult, you know? And so just having some freedom, I think, in that curiosity and exploration, that was really uh, foundational for me. So I can hear what you're saying. So you can see both the exploration in that and the safe boundaries and everything we just talked about. So that really builds healthy curiosity, which goes a long way for our mental health. Also, the ability to be bored is something I mm -hmm. want to add for building mm -hmm. autonomy and curiosity. You know, there's tons of research, really good TED Talks on the benefits of boredom. And so mm -hmm. I just encourage the listener to, to go look those up, that when we are bored, that is when some of the best discoveries and best work gets done. And so allowing boredom for our children is really important uh, for their mental health. And that actually does also do some building of brain cells and things and ignites different parts of our brain in different ways. Uh, you know, the ways that neurons pass back and forth and stuff is changed when we are bored and have to consider new things and think of new things. Um, and so, yes, just engage into boredom. It is a good thing. Um, and, and we live in a world that doesn't encourage boredom. You know, we live in a world that's all about being entertained every moment. I was trying to watch a show yesterday uh, while I was folding laundry on Netflix. And I think all the streaming services do this. So it isn't just about Netflix and it's not an ad for Netflix, but they <laughs> go, you know, next episode is like, I counted, it was three seconds now. It's, I, I remember it being longer last time I watched a show, I guess, <laughs> but it was less than three seconds total before 
at least that I could count to three before it just started the next episode. And so we live in that mm. kind of world. So for your mental health people, just hit pause before the next episode. Just ask yourself, do you want to watch the next episode? I watch four episodes. No shame. That's fine. You can do that occasionally, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, I think pausing is really good to consider if this is what I want to be doing right now. Um, another thing, so same, similar for children on from boredom is the concept of offering choices. And that is also true for us as adults. And I think we forget that. So for children to build autonomy, exploration and curiosity, we want to offer a lot of choices. And this is very love and logic, which is a really great parenting resources and such we've talked about on this before. Um, but, you know, would you like the blue shirt or the red shirt? You know, do you want to wear Star Wars or Star Trek today? Like pick one you get. But there's some boundaries in those choices. Uh, but without the choices, children will either a naturally feel robbed and and have a sense of frustration or more acting out behaviors because they don't have that autonomy that they crave. It's part of our developmental process that God built into us. They crave it. Or they'll feel shame that they are not capable of making choices, that they are not capable of doing things later in life, that um, they need, you know, someone, their parents or someone else around them to do that for them. So we want to build that as adults. Then also we want to be able to say, hey, have I thought about door um, three, four, and five. <laughs> we tend to get as adults stuck in doors one and two for our lives. And so a lot of decision-making theory and a lot of decision-making um, research says that as if we open the third choice, that's where the curiosity gets going. That's where the exploration gets going. And we can really open all the other choices before us and have um, input from other people and things like that. We just open those neural networks a little bit more. So that's really, really good for our mental health. And so I see it's time for a break. I will stop talking and then we'll come back to more <laughs> building autonomy and curiosity in a moment. And if you're a multi-potentialite, then the focus mm -hmm. is always on doors three, four, and five, right? You're always and trying amen. to figure out uh, what, yep. <laughs> what those other options are. Those are my people. We're talking. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mental Health Monday with Deaconess Heidi Game, and you're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. How do we love our neighbor on the internet? Why are the creeds so important? What does it mean to practice Christian hospitality? Questions like these are answered in every edition of The Lutheran Witness, the monthly magazine of the LCMS. The Lutheran Witness can help you interpret the world from a Lutheran Christian perspective by providing reliable, biblical reflections on the issues that you care about the most. Get your free issue at cph.org witness. That's cph.org witness. How was your day? Fine. Did you learn anything new? No. Anything I should know? No. Is everything okay? Yeah. Sometimes it can be hard to connect with teens. Use Connect With Me activity cards to deepen your conversations. Visit health.mo.gov connect to access these free cards and other resources. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. 
I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa, host of Thy Strong Word, taking your questions as we go through the entire Bible, chapter by chapter. Let's read together with guest pastors from around the country and the church around the world, taking chapters and verses together in context, every passage fitting together in the Lord Jesus, because He is the Word of God. Let's read together. Thy Strong Word, weekday mornings at 11 on Worldwide KFUO. Underwritten by Lutheran Heritage Foundation, lhfmissions.org. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Adi Bates. It is Mental Health Monday. We are talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman about building autonomy and curiosity. And before the break, we were talking about those things, those uh, exploring and being curious within safe boundaries and how that is really important for kids to learn. Uh, Heidi, where do we want to go now? Yeah, I think we have a couple more uh, ways that build autonomy that we want to hit on. Um, you know, we could talk about this all day long. And then <laughs> I want to, I do want to talk about a little bit of some roadblocks um, to building autonomy that we can get into in just a second. So a couple more ways that autonomy, exploration, and curiosity are built are um, allowing questions and having our own questions. So especially with small children, they learn that questions are okay by the adults in their lives asking questions. Um, you know, they're, they're little mimickers, if you will. And, and they do have a, a lot of questions, some of us more than <laughs> others, perhaps, who are maybe precocious <laughs> as children. Um, but allowing for those questions, and, and I understand, like, as a parent, sometimes there's not the time and space, again, with the safe boundaries, like, okay, we're going to close that box right now, and we will return to it. Or, you know, mom doesn't have the answer for that. So let's go find out or we can ask pastor or we can talk to dad about that when he gets home or we can look um, something up on a safe internet kids site like uh, uh, the um, Creation Museum website or something like that. You know, uh, allowing for questions, understanding that you don't need the answer every time uh, for the child to know that there's value in questions. In fact, there is a lot to be said for the value of our mental health when there isn't an answer and we teach children early and often that not everything has answers. Uh, but Jesus, that God, he is always the answer at the end of the day when we don't know the answer. Uh, so then also, like I said, as an adult, having our own questions then is, is good as well. I know that I myself have been in like employment situations in the past uh, where it wasn't a, a place that encouraged questions, like in meetings and things like that. And for me, eventually I learned that those are not places I can work. <laughs> that is not healthy for my mental health. And so having a read on what you need in that, what places in your life are healthy spaces to explore and ask questions and what places aren't those places for you. We will do better to understand ourselves internally and what we need with exploration and curiosity because we're all a little bit different in this realm, but then also understanding uh, where we're experiencing shame. You know, looking at, is that a place of shame for me if I'm not able to ask a question there? You know, that work environment, not real healthy when employees can't ask any questions, but also maybe there's a time where I could uh, keep my mouth closed because I'm making meetings run for 40 hours, you know, <laughs> just as an adult, we evaluate those things a little differently. 
And that's part of having healthy autonomy for our mental health. And the last way that we build, and, and like I said, there's multiple more ways, and you can read the articles uh, for this month on HeidiGaiman.com to find out a little bit more about autonomy, exploration, and curiosity. Uh, but the last one I want to bring up is... Um, Oh, wait, I know I wrote a note. What did we say? Okay, neurodiversity. <laughs> I was like, what was the word? There's a word. Um, but neurodiversity is an important concept when we talk about this. We don't think the same. And that is a beautiful thing. Uh, just like God says in scripture, your thoughts are not my thoughts. My thoughts are not your thoughts. That that we are different from God, essentially. I think it does really uh, it's a really healthy thing for our mental health when we as people acknowledge that my thoughts aren't your thoughts, Andy or Sarah, and your thoughts aren't mine, that we are all a little bit different and that's okay. And the way we process things is going to be different. That's the nature of relationships. Um, and so we can explore that. We can ask questions about that together. We can try to understand each other's perspective, each other's emotional experience even. But give it some space to say, oh, I think differently on that. And that's part of autonomy. So when we slap on social media that someone needs to believe the same way we do, instead of give them space to process what they do believe and maybe uh, bring them the word of God in truth and love over time, that helps build their autonomy. When we slap that on and expect them to get it immediately, that builds shame. And so I think we see this a lot in our current uh, political climate, if you will. And I think we see it uh, with just everything that's happened in 2020. Everybody has an opinion, right? And everybody's allowed to have an opinion. That's autonomy. Uh, how we go about sharing those with one another is what we want to be cautious of because Let's talk about that roadblock to autonomy, exploration, curiosity, and that is shame. Um, shame is the opposite, and we don't want to build shame in people. And different cultures handle the concept of shame differently, although I think if we read the research, um, in our internal processes end up at the end of the day the same. Shame does actually hurt our body. It creates inflammation. Um, it creates a lower immune system. If you want to talk about the physical impacts and then emotionally, we become much more reactive people. We have a harder time having a handle on our emotions, being able to verbalize them and work through them instead of letting them lead us and, and rage out at someone or create a lot of anxiety that we don't know what to do with. Um, and so culturally, I get this question a lot. Uh, so what about those cultures that are more honor shame uh, related that have uh, more reflection on that in their culture as part of their cultural process. And the thing I would say is that as Christians, as Christians first, and then parts of ethnic groups or nationalities or cultural experiences next, we always reflect on what God says first. So in Jesus Christ, there is no condemnation. So when we have Jesus in our life, shame it is not part of it. It's not intended to be part of it. In Hebrews 12, it says that he um, despised the shame of the cross. And I take a wider breadth of translation on that to um, also understand that is it possible that he then didn't just despise the means of crucifixion, that he despised the shame itself, uh, that 
comes into our lives that hurts us, that builds inside of us when people are mocking, people are ridiculing, when people utilize shame to make people do what they want to do. And, and I think that's really important for our faith life and for our perspective on evangelism and sharing uh, the word of God and truth and love with those around us. But I think it's important for our mental health. You know, Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit created us in the beginning to go and explore this creation. He put some boundaries in, right? There's a sword swinging back and forth, keeping us from that tree of life in Genesis 3. It tells us that really clearly. And there's the Ten Commandments as we move forward. And there's, there's definitely boundaries. Um but there is, there's no shame in exploring what God wants in our life and changing our minds in being a multi-potentialite and trying on some different hats. Um, the fact that God gave us about 80 different vocational roles at any given time, I think, uh, shows us that he values exploration and curiosity in those roles. Um, and so I think as Christians, we sit in a different place. We understand shame a little differently, no matter what culture we're in, than um, people who don't have that foundation of Jesus Christ. So here's the question I have for you as we have just a few minutes left. Who are the voices <laughs> in your life? What'd you say, Andy? Just about a minute. Sorry. <laughs> one minute. Nope. All right. So maybe one of you share who's a voice in your life of truth. Who's a voice who lets you explore, who encourages that in you. All right, go quickly. Sarah, you want to go? Um, my pastor and my parents and my husband and my in-laws, which I think is a pretty good list of people. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I love when you can list a lot and right away. How about you, Andy, since we have a second? Uh, probably some close friends, um, and, and, and certainly the, the pastors in my life as well. I'm blessed to have many pastors in my life. So, <laughs> um, yeah, mm -hmm. close friends. Yeah. My wife too. Certainly. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say my last word on that is like, if you have a hard time identifying those people, that's okay. There's no shame, right? It's okay. <laughs> Just reflect on what you need from people to give you that sense of autonomy, that sense of curiosity, what, what is missing and then lean into Christ. He is the one who builds these things perfectly in us when people fail us. And so read the word, be curious when you open the word, you know, and let God tend to that, that place of curiosity in nature and in his creation in um, the relationships around you and see what he does with that because all these things we talk about in mental health jesus restores jesus heals that's his space for our mental health i think there more than more than anywhere else i can imagine although he does it all over our lives <laughs> mental health monday with deaconess heidi gaiman visit heidigaimanwrites.com is that right no, it's just HeidiGaiman.com. We keep it simple. HeidiGaiman.com. Sorry, Heidi Gaiman writes on Facebook. That's where you find it, That's too. That's true. And you should, yeah. <laughs> I'm Thanks. Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.